Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah, the Undisputed Lightweight Boxing Championship, the Summit. We're talking about Devin Haney. We're talking about Vasily Lemachenko. It has just gone down behind us in Las Vegas. Yeah, we got a little bit of controversy, but we also got an incredible fight. High-speed chess, literally at its finest. Welcome into Morning Combat's instant analysis of tonight's Haney-Lomachenko pay-per-view main event. My name is Brian Campbell, one half, of course, of your MK duo, alongside Luke Thomas every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on YouTube. And uh, we had to go instant reaction because we knew the stakes were huge in this fight. But I got to be honest with you. Um, I, I still would have been okay if this was a, a boring technical chess match, right? If this was, you know, a lot of people said ahead of time, well, well, Haney can talk a big game and push Loma at the presser, but ultimately this is going to be jab and hold. Even if it was that, I just want the best to fight, face the best. This fight is, is you know, the top three of, of, of really the best fights you can make in the entire sport. It's the perfect showcase coming off of, of course, the Tank Davis-Ryan Garcia fight of what this lightweight slash 140 division uh, can do and what it is and the star power and the fact that, you know, we may have between Tank's win, Ryan Garcia's star power, and the two ability from these guys, and the knowledge that Shakur Stevenson is waiting on deck next. We might really have our own four princes, or, or however you want to call them or categorize them. Uh, and of course, that that phrase is trademarked by Karen Mulvaney of the Showtime Boxing Podcast. But uh, we we may have something on our hands here. We we really might. And I and I get there's going to be a certain level of outrage uh, down to the scoring tonight. Don't let that, don't let that cloud or ruin what, what was a great fight because what made the four Kings great. We had four hall of famers all in and around the same weight class and they fought each other a total of nine times. Right. Can we get that in this era? I don't know. But I'll tell you what, Haney and Lomachenko are going to see each other in the ring again. You just have that feeling, even if it's not next. And they probably deserve to be based on what was an incredible fight. But let's be fair, a very close fight with very close rounds. Yes, you had big swings and momentum and ebbs and flows. Everything you would want out of this type of fight. You know, when, it, when a fight is so, when you can meet in the middle ground, where the skill and game planning and adjustments are so high, but it's also at a fast pace. And because of the stakes, you also get people 
that are going for it, that are fighting, you know, in, in sequences and action style and educated, you know, non-reckless uh, action style, but still, I mean, that's the highest theater. If you're a real boxing fan, there's no question. You know, what's my favorite example is I always say of high speed chess. Of course it's Oscar De La Hoya, Shane Mosley won from the year 2000, but uh, coach Phil McKagan and I were texting during this fight. He's like, you know, doesn't this feel a little bit like Pacquiao Thurman? Yeah, it does. Another great pay-per-view classic that probably doesn't get the respect it deserves and really i think that fight could have gone either way ultimately this fight it could have gone either way so let's break it down right here you know i don't do spoiler alerts right because why the hell would you tune into a post-fight analysis clip after a fight ends and uh think you deserve a warning but um here's the deal this went down over the 12 full rounds and with scores of 116 112 115 113 and 115-113, it's a unanimous decision for who? Yeah, Devin the Dream Haney, 24-year-old, undefeated, still your undisputed lightweight champion. Is that the scorecard your boy BC had? No. I had Devin Haney up four rounds to two at the midway point, and really, especially that sixth round, in a fight that had so many adjustments and changes of momentum, I thought that was really his high point of being more physical and going to the body. But Loma made some big adjustments and you know the early part of the second half of the fight rounds what seven eight nine that area you know was a clear run it felt like for lomachenko i ultimately scored the entire final six rounds for lomachenko but here's the deal so that makes my scorecard 116 112 eight rounds to four but there's a bunch of close rounds even after that run and maybe the only run in this fight where somebody indisputably run one rounds in my opinion. And it was that stretch in the second half by Lomachenko outside of that. You really could make a case in so many rounds, the 12th round when, when hate, when you got to give David Devin Haney credit, when a lot of us felt he was going back to that stool between rounds and maybe not getting the best advice from his dad, Bill, or, or and not producing encouraging body language that would lead you to believe, you know, he would come out with a 12th round in which I, Thought he did a good job putting his foot on the gas. Could you score that for him? I think absolutely. I think there was two rounds before that where Haney kind of came on late and had some moments. The whole point of here is out of these 12 rounds, I really feel like nine of them or, or, or let's say eight of them in that area could literally flip the coin. So I scored at 116-112 to Lomachenko. Uh, that old adage, Max Kellerman brought it up, the story of the fight. Yeah, the story of the fight was won by Lomachenko. Uh, he won the fight on my scorecard because of the well, uh, the constant adjustments in the second half, but most importantly, to be able to walk down the bigger, younger, stronger fighter who was, you know, entering the midway point of that fight really on a nice stretch of momentum. Although, to be fair, in those rounds that I was scoring it, by the way, for Haney, having him up 4-2 at the midway point, just constant mentions of people, you know, saying, oh my God, I've got it all for Loma. So, you know, I've got Loma four to nothing. How could you, you know, what fight are you watching? So the whole point here is these scores could really be all over the place. But for Loma to make those adjustments after it looked like the physicality from Haney might be too much and then start walking down the bigger man and acting like the bigger man. You saw a full graduation here from Loma from a fight we don't talk about a lot. And it's Vasily Lomachenko's second pro fight when he got a chance to fight for a world title and he took on Orlando Salido, you know, the, the Mexican Arturo Gatti, right? Like the great old rugged action warrior. And, you know, that fight was in Texas with, with Lawrence Cole as referee. 
who allowed Salido to go to the balls of Lomachenko just a ridiculous amount. And what did Lom what did Salido do? The old veteran, of course, we know the story. He leaned on Lomachenko. He was dirty, kept hitting him to the body. And even with all of that, I still think Lomachenko won that fight. I think he kind of got screwed on the cards and Cole's refereeing was just absurd. But the story that came out of that fight wasn't, was Lomachenko robbed? It was Lomachenko got taught a lesson by an old, more physical, more experienced fighter. Like, hey, Olympic darling, okay? Hey, the greatest amateur boxer maybe of all time, Vasily with the two gold medals. You know, this is the pro th game and it's different here. That's what Salido did to him. It's also what Lomachenko did tonight to Haney in a lot of ways, because as much as I thought Haney had the momentum at the midway point, I mean, no one's going to, no one's going to, you know, no matter how you ha had it scored, you had to have a good stretch of that scored for Lomachenko. Maybe it's not as extreme as me going all six of the final ones. And again, two of those last three could have really, I was really just, I'm writing every round. I'm writing close at the end of it. Close round could go either way because ultimately this was a great fight. And in great fights, both fighters have big moments in the same round, executing their game plan or adjusting to their opponent's game plan. And uh, as much as I've already said it, can we just pause one more time and call a timeout and just say this fight was fucking awesome. Like this was a great fight. I don't think they got the score right though. I think Lomachenko won this fight. I think ultimately you, you, you just happened to find three people. And by the way, these are very credible experienced judges. You, you had, uh, you had Dave Moretti. who's been around forever and doesn't get caught up in these type of things. Cheatham, uh, another Las Vegas guy. And then I think it's David Sutherland from Oklahoma. So these are solid guys. They just happen at the end. That, like, like, this is what people that you put to people. A lot of times when you watch it, you put too much emotion into it, right? Like who won the story of this fight? Of course it was Lomachenko. He was a Jedi master in the second half. He wore down Haney to, to levels where like we were wondering if Haney was going to emotionally fall apart, right? Not, not exhaustion, but sort of just like, man, this guy's picked up my timing. He's walking me down. Loma's walking him down as the smaller man. Um, but it's a math equation. It's 12 rounds and you're taught to judge each round as if it's its own fight, not carrying the momentum of the one before the expectations based on the momentum of the one before, you know, we know this, we talk about this all the time in this game. So this is not a robbery. I get that, that like, you know, a lot of people, even trusted boxing people are like, man, we almost had our no hitter perfect game tonight in boxing. And then of course we blew it at the end. They got the wrong guy though. But it's really hard given how close this fight was contested, how great Haney looked in the first half in contrast to how Loma looked great in the second half. Um, it, it, it's hard to to really I, I think there, there is that middle ground where it's it's not a robbery. It's not corruption. It's not ineptitude. It's just you just happen to find three people who saw it that direction in a fight that you could have gone either way. And, you know, they all had roughly the same view there at that level and you do always have to keep that wild. you have to keep that wild card out there whether you're scoring from home or whether you're watching real close like i get the chance to do covering fights um you know especially when the boxing media is like right up there in like the second or third row so it's like you know you're scoring it almost like a judge although now they're really starting to push the media back to sell those tickets do the old eddie hearn european thing um but when you score it in the arena you do see it differently from TV. Sometimes one side of the arena is different scores from who somebody on the other side. You know how that works and breaks down, you know, and the crowd can sway it. And, and it's just sort of like you can see who's 
walking the other guy down a lot more defiantly in person. You can obviously see how hard, much harder the punches land and, and, and sometimes bother people in ways that you don't always pick up the right angle. But both sides can have blind spots. But, um, yeah, I don't think this decision is enough to cause the, the robbery band to come out and start banging that drum. I just don't. I just don't. I would love a rematch, though. And even though Haney tried to come out afterwards and, you know, do the 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 very, you know, like uh, I'm the man now. And by the way, you're the undisputed, undisputed champion. You, you just beat Loma. So, you know, there is some credence there. But just doing that thing like, you know, I might move it to 140. Yeah, I, I'm going to guess it's a very hard cut because Haney's a huge lightweight. So I like that he hedged that at the end and ultimately said, you know, if it makes sense, you know, I'll fight at 135. And by the way, Bernardo Asuna of ESPN perfect comeback question after Haney said that you know ultimately who would you be willing to fight at 135 I forgot how he worded it but it was ultimately like okay you're basically saying you'd only come back down to 135 for huge money right okay so who who is that what does that represent you know and that's of course when he was able to drop Shakur Stevenson's name and Gervonta Davis so um I wish we would get this is the rare type of fight where, where I think we do need an immediate rematch and it still could happen it still could be in play we have to see how this fight did on pay-per-view. I don't think the fight did huge on pay-per-view. You know what I mean? Like, this is Haney's first dance. It's more of a hardcore fans-only fight, although I'm I'm glad we were able through Morning Combat to bring in more MMA fans, and especially, you know, they you guys do, I'll give you credit, you tend to listen when we're like, hold on, this one really matters, or, you know, we did 40 minutes on it, for better or worse, so however you like it to open Friday's show. Maybe we did more. Maybe we did an hour, because it deserved an hour. All right. You watch it. It was great. But um, no. Uh, no, not enough for me to, to to pan this and ruin my night. OK, seriously, I had it eight rounds to four. It ultimately goes eight rounds to four to the other guy on one card and seven rounds to five for Haney and the other two. So let's talk about this fight. Um, the story of the fight, the winner of it, as I mentioned, was Loma because this he's 35 years old and he was the underdog for the first time in his career. And there did seem to be moments in the middle section of this fight where it's like, oh, is he slowing down? The body attack from Haney, that's the first major adjustment in this fight, was brilliant. And he was able to hit land hard shots. Because, you know, in the first, in the early rounds, Loma, um, I ended up giving Haney rounds one and two, but I felt rounds one and two, both of them could have been scored the other direction. Because just the same, Loma was doing a great job at using the the darting footwork patterns or the erratic footwork patterns to get inside, to get on the opposite shoulder of Haney and then try to work offense just as they're about to clinch. So, you know, some of those complaints from Haney in the buildup um, to the fight probably were strategic in that sense. But Haney makes the adjustment and then Loma makes the adjustment on the back end. And this is where when we do ask those questions, yes, we spent more time asking the is Loma old question coming in. And the answer, you know, demonstratively is is no. You know, I mean, he can still get up for the big ones. You know, did he start late, late against Teofimo? Yes. Did he also get rocked in the 12th round against Teofimo? Yes. But in between, he figured that out and he was demonstratively coming on. He was doing that, obviously, in stretches here in the second half. And that just shows, like, that's what legends do, right? You know, maybe the Jermaine Ortiz fight is better explained by a combination of things you know the former sparring partner the fact that ortiz is better than people realized when that name was announced and maybe loma going off to ukraine and serving on the front line and taking you know a long time 10 months out from the ring and then coming right back maybe maybe that's some of it too or maybe he i mean we've seen it time and again maybe you just don't get up the exact same amount 
Obviously, Loma had to get up for this one because Haney's a huge lightweight who could hurt him and also has ridiculous skill across the board. Like, like say this, whether you thought Haney won or not, how great was Devin Haney's defense in the first half of this fight? And I get, obviously, that he kind of fell apart in the second half. But it's a math equation at the end of the day. How many did people score? You know, it seems like all three of these judges scored a lot in the first half of the fight for Haney and probably gave him more of the closest rounds in the second half than than a lot of us realize. You also, to some degree, do have to take into account the announcing. I do felt I do feel like the ESPN Plus pay-per-view broadcast um, was more pro Loma and did tend to showcase his accomplishments more not in an egregious way not in a way where i would like you know cook up a tweet because just as that was happening then suddenly haney would come back with something and, and tim bradley would be right on it but in general they were tooting the horn of loma's side of it a little bit more but also he's a 35 year old legend who was not the betting favorite against a guy who can do everything so it, it just kind of lined up that way and makes sense but you know loma's a great one because you know he had to get next level ready for this one because of that threat and danger. But to always have an answer. I mean, in general, they both ultimately always had an answer for each other. Three judges ringside thought Haney won. But they, Loma in particular, I mean, he had the longest stretch of sustained, not dominance, but it, it, there was really no one-sided rounds here. There was a, you know, a couple close, but th those are Lomachenko rounds though, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he, when he won, he seemed to have won those rounds by a lot more and that can cloud that can get emotional. If you're focusing too much on the story of the fight and not the math equation. And that's why I think Thurman Pacquiao is the right comparison. And I think it's about time the boxing world takes me off the hook for scoring that fight. Like, well-respected Connecticut judge Glenn Feldman did, who was also ringside where I was, and we both had it 115-113 for Thurman. And it doesn't mean we felt that Thurman won the fight if you were just watching it and said who had the better fight. Pacquiao had the better fight, but it's a math equation, and, and there were very close rounds in that fight. The ones that Pacquiao won, he won wide. Thurman eked out the close ones. Did he He got enough to win 7-5? Well, you know, there were people that thought that. I think this fight is a lot more like that because of that scoring and the fact that we're not going to do the robbery thing that we love to do so that we can piss all shit all over boxing all again, right? Spray all over. It's the worst. It's the worst. See, they always break my heart. Man, I almost sounded like Ariel right there with that little, like, little Bobby Brady-like turn of voice there. But shout out to Ariel out there in Dublin. Um, yeah, no. Um, but... What really, te what really teases the emotional side of watching it without scoring it intently and then, you know, you're like, man, I definitely saw Loma win, didn't I? Well, yeah, he won the story of the fight, but also Haney was falling apart in that stretch leading up to the 12th. That happened. That is true. Um, and this is where you, those questions coming in while we focused more on Loma's age, as I said, and I never finished my point. We also had a legitimate question about Haney at 24. Yes, he'd beat Linares, Jojo Diaz. Like, these are great, you know, these are very good wins. Very good wins. And in most of those, except for, like, the last round and a half against Linares, he, like, kind of dominated. But this is pay-per-view, right? This is main event Las Vegas, and you're in there with Loma. And, and I'm glad that, ultimately, that, you know, this wasn't the night that Loma got old. Because we got to see the the good and bad of both of these guys. Not really the bad, but in, in, in Haney's case, he had a couple rounds there where he was leaning toward the bad. And I don't think he gassed out. And I don't think he ultimately fell apart, but he was teetering a bit. 
and his offense went down and that's that stretch where, where Loma really had some big rounds in succession there in that second half. I'm trying to uh, look back at my notes to really knock that down and nail it. Um, yeah. Round 10 was a bit, so round, round nine and 10 are ultimately those two that I'm talking about really 11, nine, 10 and 11. One of those was close, but Loma had obviously big moments, but two of those three of nine, 10 and 11 were particularly wide in favor of Lomachenko. It, it plays with the emotional thing when you're kind of watching Haney fall apart. And, uh, you know, Bill Haney, I think, is his, his dad, who's his trainer, father, manager. You know, how he's guided his career certainly deserves so much credit. I mean, I, you know, Bill Haney is a very smart guy, but I just don't think he had the best night in the corner this time. You know, telling Devin he was up, I think it was after the 11th. Um, you know, it turns out he was. So is Bill Haney lying? You know what I mean? Or is that what Bill Haney thought was the right motivation at the right time? I mean, it turned out to be right. Again, maybe some of that is the ESPN broadcast making us over nostalgic for the, you know, the old Loma is back thing. Could have gone either way. It really could have. But um, Haney did. Haney was teetering at the end of the day um crowd booed the decision you'd ultimately understand that i'll get to the shakur stevenson thing there to close as he had some interesting comments as well uh or, or just say that part now shakur stevenson gets on the mic after the two but both fighters left and uh yeah he talks about wanting to fight both but he's also like oh yeah that facility lomachenko won that fight he might have he might have but i think that's why i want to see it again because it does matter so much i mean I don't believe there was a rematch clause. And I do believe if you're Haney, you're thinking, I want to survive an advance here. Why, why am I going to go fight him again? Look how close it was. Look how hard this fight was. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of money if they could do a tank fight, which is not, not likely to happen for a bunch of reasons. Um, and spoiler alert, I'll just say it now. It's a great fight tonight. I still think Shakur beats both guys. Like that, that's, and that's wild. Like it's a great fight tonight. It was great. And, and I did think overall Loma was better for sure. Um, and Haney kind of fell apart, but let's again, give him credit for that 12th round when he did put it back together. But Shakur, I think is even more brilliant than we saw, but what did we see here? Ultimately the great performances we talked about from Loma, uh, Loma, was he salty in defeat? A little bit. There was a little bit of the, you know, my God is better than yours back and back play, which, remind, you know, is a throwback to Holyfield and Tyson and the, you know, fine, whatever. I'm, I mean, I'm out, I'm down for shouting out God. I'm not, you know, usually into like publicly throwing my God against yours and doing that uh, joust. But um, the Loma comment at the end, though, was interesting um, when he ultimately said Haney is a good fighter, but he is not a pound for pound fighter. If you believe Haney made the Loma made the adjustments in the second half, like I do, I, I get that. Um, that's interesting. The punch stats at the end of the day, by the way, had the advantage in punches landed to Loma 124 to 110. Obviously, that can fuel your argument, sure, but you have to take that with a grain of salt, considering that, you know, like look, if there's no 10 8 rounds then sometimes it's all romanticized. Sometimes it's all, well, I watched that guy. He had the better fight, right? Yeah, but what about the math exam? I'm not saying 10 to 9, 12-round scoring is the best way. I'm not saying boxing is, you know, on the up and up all the time, too, or has the most educated, you know, people in the right spots. Um, there's a lot going on in boxing, but uh, 
that that looks like what that fight was a very close fight i think if you're looking for something in the stats to bring haney's argument back in that he won how about he landed 41 percent of his power shots and he wasn't able to make his jab work consistently there were some good stretches where haney looked very good with the jab but he wasn't able to make that a weapon and and really take firm command of the distance and you know, when, when Lomachenko started to adjust to that early, well, first Lomachenko was darting in early, like I mentioned with some of those footwork patterns, but then he started punching his way in and that, you know, that was the change. I mean, to, again, the visual of seeing the smaller man walking down the bigger man, it's why it's easy to get romanticized on. Well, that guy should have won, but there were no 10, eight rounds at the end of the day. And Haney did have that better connect or better, uh, yeah, overall percentage on power punches. And he, he did seem to land, I don't know. It did seem like ultimately, I think in those two dominant rounds, I mentioned Lomachenko probably landed the biggest and best punches of this fight, to be fair. But Haney did some very good work. Those lead uppercuts, the body work, um, just some high at level shit. And I thought Harvey Doc did a good job as referee, and he's always a little bit more of the safer kind. And uh, this was the same night, by the way, that Tony Weeks, who had last week's uh, Roly Romero refing debacle, was uh, was in the UFC cage. And, uh, and, and judging the same fight that Adelaide Bird was also. So that was just like, you know, <laughs> and by the way, and Steve Mazzagotti was the official timekeeper for the Haney Lomachenko fight. So there you go. The combat sports just swapping wives. Um, almost literally because Adelaide Bird's married to Hall of Famer Robert Bird. But I don't know if they're swappers or swingers. That's not something I'm into, if you're wondering right there. Um, I did think I had a point, though, of where I was going. Oh, Doc, Doc had a good night. He's conservative. But he was, uh, he issued the right warnings, I thought. And there was, you know, Haney, there was some, there was some stretch where Haney was, was towing the lines, you know, and, and I, and I'm not against that necessarily. Like everybody got mad when Haney shoved Lomachenko at Friday's way. I liked it. People either got mad because it was disrespectful. Yeah, it was disrespectful, by the way, or they felt, that that's like Ronda Rousey going off on Holly Holm at that way in in Australia. And we should have saw that as like Rousey's not fully focused. She's kind of scared, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think that for Haney. I thought, you know, Devin Haney did a great job in this promotion of trying to be like, okay, like, yeah, Loma, you're the legend, but dude, I'm the champion. Like, these are all my belts here. Like, I'm not, I'm not fucking bowing down to you or taking a step backwards at all. Now, ultimately, Loma Matums takes step backwards in the ring, and that's probably why you scored it that way. But still, um, I like the way that Devin Haney handled that, and I liked that times when he was kind of towing the lines with the rules and making the referee do his job. And Harvey Doc ultimately, I thought, policed it well, but also didn't throw anything in there that, you know, a, a point deduction unnecessarily, let's say, that could have really changed this. Because some referees will, you know, Oh, God, Vic Draculich. Remember that guy? I mean, I mean, some referees will just out of nowhere. Just, yeah, yeah, you lost the point. And you're like, whoa, bro, that is a quick trigger. But, uh, you know, they all have different strike zones at the end of the day. Um, Haney better early, of course. You know, once Loma started to counter Haney's jab, he took it away, though. And, I mean, how great. How great is Loma, really? Because... This is a night where Haney's defense was on point, as I mentioned, particularly in the first half of the fight. And Loma's adjustment ultimately is to walk down the bigger puncher and act like the bigger man. I mean, that's what legends do. That's what the great ones do. He's already doing things like at the in a weight class over his head, like two weight divisions probably over his head against the biggest possible lightweight 
who also has the power to hurt you, but on top of that is great defense. And Haney figured that out and got inside. Yeah, hey, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Loma did. Yeah, Loma won this fight. I, I think they got the they got the wrong guy. Not a robbery, though. Not a robbery. All right. Um, big comeback round though in round seven for Lomachenko. And that's when he started to get inside. And you know, he started acting like the bigger man. He's suddenly pushing and leaning and his work on the break ultimately. Like Haney had a right to try to make that a mental game or to try to plant a seed in the referee's head because that's when Loma does great work. And it's not by doing necessarily dirty of holding with one arm and, and hitting with the other, although it gets close to that at times. A lot of times he'll hit, he'll throw punches just as it looks like both fighters are going to embrace. So it's almost like just as the opposite fighter kind of lets his guard down a little bit and actually opens the guard a little bit. And, you know, that's also teeing the line, but I think a lot of times he'll lean on kind of getting the punches off quicker than you'd think and, and and he can surprise you but him figuring out the timing of Haney in that second half was a monster part of what he was able to do and of course he's setting traps and then suddenly you know Haney's not able to get off his power shots and then you know I really think Haney kind of went into a cocoon there for a couple rounds in terms of letting his punches go until that 12th turnaround so did Haney pass the test yeah there was a math way you could have scored it for him but you do have a little bit of that ho-hum feeling afterwards because if they don't do this rematch or if these two don't meet again before uh, Loma walks away. But, you know, also that happens sometimes. It's like if they don't do a rematch because Haney's going to fight Shakur next, you know, I'm not looking to get in the way of that. And But, you know, it'd be different if he's got to do because he's got four belts. It could come into play with the alphabets where, oh, you got to you got to have a mandatory defense against this guy. No one's heard of or this guy. No one's ever heard of maybe Haney already issuing the threat that he's weight wise willing to move away shows that maybe the belts, you know, won't keep him there. And and I like that. If there's a big name at 35, take it. But if not, let's not do that song and dance. You are the undisputed champion. And uh, sometimes the sanctioning bodies don't make it easy to be because they want you to fight the guy that no one's ever heard of in 30 days or you lose your title. Um, yeah, there you go with that. Um, so I'm not going to get in the way of that. Damn, I would love, obviously, for Lomachenko to fight Gervonta next. I mean, that would be great. I actually think that fight would have a better chance of being made than the Haney one for a few different reasons, subtle reasons. But I think you could make that. Uh, you know. Lomachenko is a sneaky pay-per-view brand in a sense. I don't think as a leader, no. And he, but, you know, as the A-side, no. But as the credibility and the legend side, when you mix with somebody who does, like a Gervonta, I think that fight could do very well, actually. You know, not Ryan Garcia numbers, but I think it could do very well. But I don't think we would see that next. I do want to see this another time. I do. I want to see if Haney can grow from this performance. He bent, but never fully broke. But the bend, was it, did it suggest negative things? I say no, because he's in there against Loma. And he was brilliant at times. And there's got to be, you know, room for this. You know, I thought this was a Haney loss at the end of this fight, but I wasn't disappointed in him per se, because you've got to go for it. And he was at a point in his career earlier than most at 24 for sure, but he has maturity that's way way you know in another category than most of his age and a focus and all of that you may you know you may lose you may go in there you know it's like leonard duran right like one like you may go in there and lose 
but how do you come back? I mean, like, can we talk about how big of a comeback win this is for Lomo based on the Teofimo fight where, yeah, he was brilliant in rounds seven through 11 or eight through 11, but why the hell did you start so late? And the comments afterwards from Lomo were almost conspiratorial as to why he lost. It was a little bit off, right, for, for his character. We talked leading into this fight how he feels he's a much more humble man from that point, from that loss, and from not focusing so much on you know his his aura and his record and his in his resume. But he fought tonight like like one of the all time greats, and I say that where glory is the only thing that matters, and glory will get you effed up and not able to you know speak without slurring later in your you know in your middle age years for sure but Loma's about that life and that's why in some ways it's like okay if you didn't get the win i'm not you know based on what i saw with my eyes i'm not going to be picketing on the streets I do think though he deserves a rematch i really do um but if we get haney versus shakur stevenson next that's that's probably the, I mean, Shakur versus Loma might be the best chess match we can make in terms of just that, right? But let's give Haney credit for the chess he played tonight. Haney versus Shakur is a very interesting fight. Um, can Haney be broken? I think he'll improve from this. I'd like to see him. I don't know. I want to say, I want to say, you know, it's like a knee jerk criticism sometimes for Haney is you, you want to be more offensive. This is why I don't want to balk so much if you scored it for him because he was way more offensive than he normally is. He, I mean, he, he evolved in the first half of this fight. He, he went up to a new level against, you know, one of the greatest, one of the hardest guys they hit, right? Statistically, all that. But there, there's some things inside he's probably going to have to, you know, walk out and, and talk about and clean up and sweep up and, and, and I think he'll grow from that, though. I ultimately think he will. I mean, 41%, you land 41% of your power shots against Loma, and, you know, he only outlands you by 14. I mean, that's that's that same something right there. He went 12 rounds with the great one, um, who's still great and deserves, deserves even with this loss, a high pound-for-pound pound ranking once again. This, it's weird. This loss might be the best win of Loma's career. I mean, it really might, right? It really might. Uh I know that the Guillermo Rigondeaux fight meant more to Loma and maybe to like, you know, boxing classics, historians, narrative makers about the, did that pro fight crown who was the greatest amateur fighter of all time? Cause they were both two-time Olympic gold medalists. No, no, no. That fight came like way too late at two weight classes higher than it should have been at. So no, we didn't, you know, but some people say, oh, that, you know, that was, no, this is Loma's biggest fight tonight. And he still got it. Didn't get the win though. Did not get the win. Uh quickly, Katie Taylor got upset in Dublin in her first uh appearance in her native land. Obviously, you know the, the setup. She's the undisputed lightweight champion, but she moved up to 140 because the rematch with Amanda Serrano fell apart and instead took on Chantel Cameron, who's also undefeated and also the undisputed champion. And it ultimately goes down as I think it was a split decision or a majority decision. Uh, I believe it was a majority decision. One one card was even, and then two cards for Chantel Cameron. Um, Katie Taylor had big moments, but that fight looked a lot wider. 
and you know katie taylor's heart was on full display and uh, like always and you know she kept trying to figure out ways but she also seemed off and i think you have to ask yourself in 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 you know is this her getting old or was this just a bridge too far i didn't think this i was dead wrong way dead wrong in my prediction here on okay bet for this because i I didn't think ultimately that the size would matter that much because I I do believe she's more skilled than Cameron, but I, Cameron also looked better in this fight than I've seen her uh, in terms of not wasting the right hand, like making it matter. She has a great jab and she throws a lot of punches, but I think her power really bothered Katie. Either, either this was an off night for Katie Taylor, and I don't think it ultimately was. I do question about the age part of it, how much that's slowing her down to a certain degree, but we know the shape she comes in and she was able to rally to some level, but the power of Chantel Cameron and coach Phil McKagan, my guy was texting me before I even started watching it saying, man, this looks like, you know, Canelo against Bivol in some ways. And he might be right, but I really feel like this fight. And I know we say that after every big women's fight during this recent Renaissance turnaround era for women to finally get the close up, Right is the, the way it's set up with the 10 rounds and the two minute rounds. I mean, it just sucks. It really sucks. It really, it really, it really sucks. And, you know, both of these fighters kind of fight. They don't fight a berserker style like Delphine Pursuit necessarily, where you just square up and run head on into traffic, but they're aggressive and, and they've experienced champions in the two minute round system and know that you've got to be aggressive, but they're also not reckless. So I thought ultimately the, the advantage in technique would would allow Katie Taylor to have to win a hard fought one, but but win it clean and clear. But credit to Chantel Cameron, who just, I mean, right off the start, she jumped on her, which I thought was interesting. You know, I thought that was the right strategy and really got off with punches. But to land that one, too, I wonder if she hurt Katie Taylor earlier than we realized and being hurt and having to constantly kind of come from behind in that fight and try to, you know, regain her senses and then try to find a path to rally. Uh, it, it slowed down Katie and made it look like she was either a little bit old or a little bit rusty on this night or, or what have you. I thought just the cheers of Ireland was a great, it seemed like a great atmosphere through the television screen for sure in Dublin there and Conor McGregor going nuts ringside, but she was never able to get out of first gear. Really, you know, I mean, like, like flurry, she had flurries. She had some big flurries, and you could have argued how did I score? I think I scored seven to three for Cameron, and the judges had to wake, you know, really close. I just don't see that because um, Taylor had moments. Cameron had rounds though, like right? she had stretches and rounds. She had minutes, right, where she was controlling, and Katie's head movement was just not there. And sometimes it's just not there anyway because she's so offensive and so dynamic. And but. She was just willing to early on, oddly, to sort of stand in there and trade. And she got overwhelmed, you know, just by a bigger fighter and a bigger puncher. And um, it was it was an interesting theater. What I don't love necessarily in that one is that there is an immediate rematch clause. <clears throat> and, you know, Katie Taylor's jumping all over it. Now, she's doing that because she's a true champion, right? That's why, Con that's why Canelo wants to fight uh bivol it seems way more than he wants to fight benavidez right now even though we're all sort of like okay we saw the bivol thing already it was cool but dude i don't really think you're gonna win that um you know could katie taylor yeah i think i think katie taylor is going to do better in this if i guess they are doing this rematch this fall it's it's contractually obligated i just felt like 
there wasn't even a conversation with the you know about the consideration i mean you do have that serrano fight to build toward you that was supposed to be this fight you know i i mean it's interesting interesting choice but they negotiated it in uh chantel cameron agreed with it so that's where we're at but you know katie's got to be she's got to come into it not looking like she out she out dogged serrano at some points in the second half of that fight after getting hurt in the midway, but I still felt like Serrano edged her out. But but if you scored it for Katie, I get I guess why I get why you know and and certainly she had to match Delphine Pursun in both fights her sort of berserker style, which just forces you into a brawl by brawling with her, but being a more technical brawler. I wonder if Katie's got a box in, in this rematch with Cameron. But again, this is where the ten rounds and two minute rounds setup it it just sucks. It just sucks, you know. Just as soon as it gets good, I mean, it, it sucks for punchers because nobody's got gaudy knockout numbers for the most part because, you know, you can get somebody hurt, but sometimes you need that extra minute to finish them. And you know, ten rounds. I mean, yeah, I don't like it. I really don't like it. All right, that's it though. Um, I don't know how many more times I can just sit in front of this camera and tell you. Um, I think Loma won, but Haney gets the win. But what a damn great fight! What a division! Please don't don't let this sour you. I mean, if if you only watch boxing every so often and you just happen to watch two weeks in a row and it was the rolling situation and this, yeah, I get, I get, you could be a little bit jaded. I get that. Well, you know, maybe you got to make the decision right now. You in or you out, okay? Because if you're in, then, you know, we got some weird family members in this family and they've got criminal records and we're not supposed to talk about it, okay? No, um, we got, well, we have that too in boxing, but no, um, this wasn't a black eye. This was a great night. It's a great fight. I mean, that's a great ass fight. I, you know, I mentioned those two comparisons of Pacquiao Thurman and, and Mosley De La Hoya one. It just felt like that. Maybe the Carl Frampton, Leo Santa Cruz fights that people don't talk about anymore. Those two fights that were just awesome. Um, this felt like a lot like that. I want to I want to say that two fight series with uh, Carl Frotch and Mikkel Kessler, too. But that actually had more action than this considerably more. That's great. Two fight series if you haven't seen that. But it looks like you have seen this fight and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed this post-fight wrap-up show shout out to mikey mormon on the other side if he's still awake this guy always up working on mk uh we'll be back monday you're going to get luke thomas's breakdown along with mine as we look at this fight and look forward and future about what could be next for both and uh we'll hear how lt scored it i'm interested in that i haven't seen his twitter account but uh we'll have more on this and the ufc weekend hey how about mackenzie dern right right Somebody said something like that. I, I'm shocked she didn't get that finish. Anyway, you'll hear that on Monday. I got to, I got to at some point turn this camera off. So, um, for, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, you want, you know, just, it's, yeah, it's, it's probably, I mean, you just, it's probably over.